Um, honestly, just lately, I've had so much joy in my heart because I know the truth and the truth has set me free. So it's just, Jesus is amazing, he really is. And um, I just want to share this scripture. Um, it's in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 3.12. says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding, as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. How amazing is that scripture? Honestly, that is so amazing. To be transformed into his image is like, what, what can be more exciting than that? You, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, in, in 1 John, it says God is love. So we're being transformed into the image of love, you know. So we just, we just give, you know, what he does, you know. For God so loved the world that he gave. So, you know, we, we just give. Like, God loves a cheerful giver. And uh, it's just amazing. We need to just realize that he's... He's overcome the world, and he lives in us, you know. So as Christians, we need to just be, we're unshakable, really. You know what I mean? We really get this. And um, I just think, really, the greatest miracle is, um, is our salvation. So if we, right where you are, if you can just give thanks to the Lord right now, if you could just give him thanks, and just thank him for everything that he's done in your life, for your salvation. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give him thanks for everything that he's done in your life and everything that he's going to do in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Rivers of living water, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you for your presence. Morning, just about. Um, I wasn't really sure um, if I had anything to share uh, but then Dan spoke there, um, and that's really blessed me because that kind of ties in uh, to what I was thinking about, sort of, about how Moses wore a veil because his face literally shone. Um, it was... I've been trying to remember for weeks since Tony asked me uh, how long ago I got this kind of message from... It wasn't actually even from the Bible. Uh, mustn't limit God. Sometimes he talks to you from places where you wouldn't expect, like television... Um, and this was from a, a comic book years ago that I had. Uh, and it just had a line in it which was, um, what was it? I can't remember. That. Know this, even the smallest light shines brightly when surrounded by darkness. Um, and that really blessed me. <laughs> because uh, my face, I don't think my face does shine usually. <laughs> um, but, um, but it's a dark world. And even if you don't feel like it, I think we do stand out often as we walk about a lot. And uh, just, and yeah, I think it's John 5. Yeah. 
and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. It also says overcometh not in my old Bible. So um, that just really blesses me, and I hope that blesses you as well. Thank you. We live in your presence. Hallelujah. Whether we feel like it, and whether we feel it or not. He said, as we said, he'll never leave us or forsake us. His presence is with us. Sometimes people say, oh, I feel such a presence of God. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't feel anything. (laughs) It doesn't mean to say he's not there. He's always there because his promises are always yes and amen. They're not wavering. They're not like the wind. They're not like our promises. Our promises, sometimes we like to make promises and we have every intention of keeping him and situations happen and we can't. And so I say to my customer, I'm going to be there at so-and-so time. (laughs) Half an hour. I have to ring the... I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't make it. Something's happened. Things happen, don't they? We can't keep promises. But God's not like that. He's not like that. He is always faithful. Every time. He is always faithful. I want to read a bit from Psalm 89. This morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I will sing, this is a chorus, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. Hallelujah. Every one of these bits is wonderful, isn't it? I've sworn unto my David, my servant. And we, we're with those same family of David. Thy seed will I establish forever. That's Jesus. And build up thy throne for all generations. Selah. I'm not sure what Selah means. I think it's me. No? Well, I would think it's this. So be it. Hallelujah. Praise or something like that. <laughs> And the heavens shall praise the wonders, thy wonders, O Lord. Thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. That's us. The congregation of the saints. Those who are made holy by God. That's what a saint says. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Doesn't matter who they are. They can't be likened unto the Lord. No one. No one. No one in this world. It doesn't matter who they are, however great people think they are, they can't be likened unto him. Even people who... Imaginary people in literature and in the films, they're not like him. Whatever powers they seemingly... You know, they're not like him. They're not like him. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. We're about him. Isn't it wonderful? The Lord of hosts, who is a strong Lord unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee. His faithfulness is round about us. Isn't it incredible? 
So we can see God is faithful. But why is God faithful? Well, because it's part of his nature. We've seen that he's faithful. It's part of who he is. He can't be anything but faithful because it's who he is. But he's faithful because, as in this verse, unto all generations later on. If you go down a little bit further to 33, the whole chapter's about the faithfulness. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. So, so I read, misread that. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. God's faithfulness goes on and it doesn't change. My car changes and fails. My vehicles, everything about us changes, doesn't it? Everything. In fact, we have to change as thing we say, we change from glory to glory. Everything about this world is in a state of change. And we all complain about it, it's changing too fast, and the older you get, the faster it seems to change. <laughs> but in Malachi 3.6, you don't have to turn to all these, but it's, uh, if I can find Malachi, it's right near the end, isn't it? Where are we? Just before Matthew. Malachi 3.6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. So I want to look at three things today about God that makes him faithful. See, we can say God is faithful, but when we understand why he's faithful, then we have a bit more trust in what he's doing in our lives. He's faithful because he doesn't change. That's incredible, isn't it? He doesn't change. Hebrews 1, he says, Thou art the same. He's quoting Psalm 102. Let's look at that. Hebrews 1. We're going to do a lot of verses because I want to get these things into them. Thou art, and thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. They shall all wax old as a garment and as a vesture shalt you fold them up and they shall be changed. But thou art the same. Thou art the same. And thy years shall not fail. Hallelujah. In fact, he's talking about Jesus there. The years shall not fail. He does not change. And he's quoting Psalm 102 there. He doesn't change in his ability. He doesn't change in his mind. And he doesn't change in his love to us. And none of these things does he change. Because he's changeless. If we look in 1 Corinthians 13, which is about love. Verse 8. Love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. He's talking about our knowledge of God. But our love of God, we shall know that he doesn't change. Because it says in the end, 
there abideth or remaineth these three things faith, hope, and love. These three. And the greatest of these is love. So the greatest one of those three is love because it goes on. The others, we won't need them anymore. When we get to heaven, we won't need hope because it, that is our hope. And we won't need faith because we shall be there. <laughs> faith is the evidence of things not seen, isn't it? But we shall have the evidence. <laughs> So we won't need those, but love goes on and doesn't change. It's changeless. The love of God is changeless to us. We'll see later on, it doesn't matter what we do, he's always faithful. He does not change in his attitude towards us, in his mind towards us. In Numbers 23, 19, we see another little interesting little verse here. Numbers 23, 19. Now these words were spoken by Balaam, who was a prophet, who wasn't a prophet of God. But he couldn't say anything except what God told him to say. He says, I can't curse them because God's blessed them. doesn't matter. However hard the man tried to pay him, to get him to curse them, he said, I can't do it. God won't let me. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing story? He tried to curse them, but he wouldn't. And he said, I have to bless him. Because he said in verse 23, 19, it's a very well-known verse, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. That means to change his mind. He's not going to change his mind towards you, whatever happens. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it God? This is the bit, he says, Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I can't reverse it. You see, he doesn't change his commandment to bless. Whatever anybody says to you, God's blessed you. You're under the canopy of his blessing, not his cursing. Or anybody else's cursing, as a matter of fact. Because he is almighty God, and he changed not. He doesn't change. So his faithfulness to us does not, is faithful because he doesn't change. We change, and so we're seeing everything around us, and it says in that verse, everything changes, and they're going to change, everything's going to be folded up, God's going to roll everything up, like I roll my dust sheets up. He's going to roll everything up at the end of the age. But he wasn't be rolled up. He's, he abides forever. He's changeless. So we can trust him because he changes not. Wherever our feelings change, but he doesn't. He does not, in this passage we see, not only does he not change, but he doesn't lie. People in the world are untruthful. Now they might say they don't really tell lies, but it's only a white lie. But what is a lie? A lie is making somebody believe that which is not true. So if you withhold information from somebody, in some respects you're lying to them. If I asked you, you know, something, and you, you sort of skirt around it because you don't really want to answer the question... <laughs> 
I said, well, I don't want to say that, really. Well, why not just say I don't want to say it? But we, we feel embarrassed about not having to say it. So that's lying, isn't it? But God doesn't do that. He's not devious. He's not. He's not double-minded. He, what he thinks is what he thinks. And what he says, he says. And it's always the truth. In Habakkuk 2, chapter 3, another one we've got to try and find, haven't we? <laughs> Where is it? Here we are. I'm glad I've got these little notes here, haven't I? Habakkuk. Even I can't find it. Here we are. Habakkuk 2, verse 3. For the vision, he's talking about the visions, some visions that were going to happen. And he said, the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He's talking about some of the promises of God. Some promises of God are fairly immediate. Some of the promises of God are years in the future. And sometimes promises of God in our lives. We have to work our way through until we can enter into some of the promises of God. He has to change us. But his promises are always yes and amen. He doesn't lie. They're not lying just because he says wait. Somebody said this, three ways of answering God, your, your, your prayers. One is yes, one is wait, and the other one is something better. <laughs> Not no, something better. <laughs> something better for us. Sometimes we have to wait. But he's still faithful. He says even if it tarries, it will happen. Because if he's promised it, he doesn't lie. That's an incredible thing. God does not lie. What he says in his word, he means. If he says, like he said, he'll never leave us and forsake us, it means he's truthful about that. That's a big thing, because we sometimes we find that people haven't been truthful. We haven't been truthful. So our experience of truthfulness from the world must not impinge on our understanding of the way God speaks, because it's always truth. Jesus said, I'm the way the truth and the life. Isn't it wonderful? Because he's truthful, we can trust him. He's faithful, that he's not going to say one thing and suddenly you get there and it's something... Have you ever had that when something happens and you, you, get, you get somewhere and somebody's, you know, somebody's told you this, this and this and you get there and it's not really that, that and that at all. It's something else. They haven't really told you the truth because they want you to get there and spend the money or something. And you get there and you think, oh, that's a disappointment. It wasn't, just, wasn't quite what the advert said. It's something else. <laughs> your life's going to change. If you get this new car, your life is going to change. Well, it's a lie. <laughs> it's not going to change. You're just going to have more things to worry about. <laughs> that's what life... But that's the world, isn't it? Advertising says they tell you the truth. But in fact, they don't. So we're exposed to that, so we, we take on board that in our lives, that God, well, maybe God's like that, but he's not like that at all. We can trust him implicitly. He's faithful in what he says, because he doesn't lie. That is an incredible truth. He doesn't lie. Hallelujah. He <laughs> doesn't lie. Romans 3, which we read on Wednesday... 
You'll enjoy Romans if you come on Wednesday. <laughs> it's great. Come and get stirred up. Romans 3. 3 and 4. For what if some did not believe? Shall the unbelief make the faithfulness, it's the right translation there, of God without effect? God forbid, yet God be true, and every man is a liar. You see? Every man's a liar, but only God is true. And if we're not true, it doesn't make him untrue. That's what it's saying. Just because all the Israelites didn't enter into the promises of God doesn't mean to say the promises of God weren't true. They're always true. He never lied. He never lies. Hebrews 10. 23. When, when, what hap- when God has promised something to us, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. The promise of God to you is faithful. Don't waver. It's always true. It's always true. Don't waver. Don't let it, the things come in and cause you not to think that this is going to happen, what God's promised to you. You know things happen. God promises things inside you. You know God's given you something. Well, don't waver. And the promises of God, those promises which are for everyone, that he won't leave us. Those, these simple promises are so important because he doesn't lie. Revelation 19 goes right into where Jesus is in heaven. Nineteen eleven. And I saw heaven opened, this is John, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is our Jesus. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written which no one knew but himself. But he's called faithful and true. There's no lie in him. The devil has no truth in him, he says. He hasn't got any truth. So if the devil says something, well, in fact, what the best thing to do is to believe the exact opposite. Because nine times out of ten, that'll be right. <laughs> if he says you're useless, well, no, God says you're, you're his. If he changes us from glory, you see, we're full of glory. You know, we're not full of usefulness, uselessness. We're full of glory. You see? We, if he tells you something, it's usually the opposite. <laughs> but if God tells you something, it's absolutely true. He doesn't lie. He's faithful and true. He's the one who's going to ride in heaven with his eyes a flame of fire. He is all-powerful. He's the all-powerful one. When everybody and everything has come to an end, everyone is going to bow down to him because he has all authority and all power. 
And he's all-powerful. And that's another thing. He's all-powerful to keep himself faithful. He can always do it because he has the power to do it. Not just the power in an explosive type of power, but the power in authority as well. He's all-powerful. So he can be faithful. So if he's told you he's going to heal you, then he's all-powerful to do it. Isn't he? Who's like unto our God? Who's powerful. He is so powerful. He's full of power to be able to do what he said he would do. He took the Israelites out of Egypt, didn't he? We can go through so many places in the scriptures where we see God is faithfully promised to the day it said when he took them out. Imagine that. To the very day it says from when he promised Abraham and when he promised that he would take them out to the very day. He's a good timekeeper, is God. <laughs> He's never late. Because <laughs> someone said in a prayer, Oh Lord came up in the end. But oh no, somebody said, Lord, why do you always leave it to the last minute? And he said, But you didn't need it to the last minute. <laughs> you didn't need it to the last minute. You don't need your train ticket till you get on the train, till you get to the barrier. <laughs> you didn't need it before, did you? Why are you worrying? He's faithful. See, that's our attitude is, well, God, maybe God won't want to do it. But hang on, no, he's always on time. Bentonita Hoda used to say, he said, I went to the, the um, airport not to get a seat, but with a seat. He hadn't booked us. He had to go in a hurry. And he said, well, I went, God told me to go. So he said, well, if he's told me to go, there'll be a seat. Because God's faithful. If he tells you to go, he said, I'll have a seat. And he said, he got there and checked through and there was a seat. He said, because I didn't go looking for a seat, I went with a seat. Because <laughs> God had given it. He said, because he had to have a seat. He wasn't going to stand in the aisle, was he? So God said he would have it. So it's, it's a whole attitude about the faithfulness of God in our lives that he will perform what he said he's going to do in our lives. And he has the power to be able to do it. He has the power to do it. He has the power to change things around. He, he, all those things that happened with Moses, it means he must have had. Do you ever think about this? All those things that happened in, in, with Moses and Pharaoh and all the toing and froing, and yet still God did it on exactly the right day. He said, you're not going out, you're not going out. And he kept for carabating, if a carab... No, anyway, no. He, he kept changing his mind all the time, Pharaoh. But even in changing his mind, God still kept to the same day. It didn't make any difference to God whether he changed his mind or not. He was going to get them out on the day he was going to get them out. And that was it, because he's all-powerful. He's powerful over everybody and everyone. It doesn't matter what the government say, what anybody says, God is all-powerful. He is. Romans 4.21, which we will probably be reading on Wednesday. This is talking about Abraham and Sarah. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, he had the power to be able to do it because he is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's in charge of everything. So he can be faithful. We're not. 
situations happen and we have to change things, but he isn't. He doesn't change. He's always, always powerful in our situation. In Hebrews 11, we read a little bit here, which is a similar sort of story. It's about Sarah in the same, in the same story of um, Abraham in Hebrews 11. He talks about from Sarah's side. Hebrews 11, 11. Through faith, also Sarah also received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Even though she laughed, and sometimes our first reactions are, is to laugh and even deny it to, the, to God who's standing next to us, yet she came to the point of knowing that God was faithful. Isn't that wonderful? But let's go back into Genesis and see what God said about it. Genesis 18, 14, about the same situation. Eighteen fourteen. Well, I'll start at verse 11, shall I? Genesis eighteen eleven. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also, my Lord being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Is anything too hard for God? No. So that's why he can be faithful, because nothing's too hard for him. He's all-powerful, all-omnipotent, all-knowing, everything about him is powerful, and nothing is too hard for him. If he can throw the stars into the heavens, like he did, then he's powerful, isn't he? We see from nature how powerful he is. But we also see he's, how, how his power in his love towards us in sending Jesus is another wonderful power of the faithfulness of God. Everything about the promises of Jesus of coming, look through the whole Old Testament, right down to the minutest detail. He's faithful because he's powerful towards us. Hallelujah. We can go back to Psalm 89 again, where we finished. And there's that little verse says, All these, little, all these things are probably in Psalm 89. I didn't have time to, to hunt through the whole, all of these bits. But it mentions faithfulness of God quite a lot of times in verse 8. O Lord of hosts, who is a strong Lord unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee. He's surrounded with faithfulness. And he surrounds us with his faithfulness. And he's a strong Lord who surrounds us with his faithfulness. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He's faithful 
to provide you with clothes. Faithful to provide you with food. He said that. Don't worry. He's faithful. He's faithful to provide you with somewhere to live because he said he would. He said, if, look at the, the sparrows. He said, I'll give them. I'll look after them. So I look, you're better. You're more in, worth more than a sparrow. God's got a lovely sense of humor. You're worth more than a sparrow. He says, I'll be faithful to you like I'm faithful to them. They don't, you don't see them begging for food, do you? Well, unless you keep feeding them at your bird table and then don't. <laughs> they come expecting. But no, God, God looks after them, doesn't he? Birds of the field, he says. Not the birds of in our gardens. <laughs> you notice that? I only just realized that. But he is faithful. He's faithful around about us. He's also faithful because he's called us. We didn't call him, but he called and chose us. So he's faithful to what he calls. He makes a covenant with us and he's faithful to keep his covenant. He says he, he didn't make a covenant with anybody, he made it with himself somewhere because he, he's faithful. In 1 Corinthians 1 9, Where do we start? I'll, I'll start in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 1. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you came behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, this is Jesus, will confirm you unto the end, will keep you that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he does for us. For God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's faithful because he called us. Not because we wanted him to call us, but he called us first. And we responded to what the call of God we think, first of all, maybe I chose him, but then you find out when you read the scriptures that he chose me. Yeah. And he called me. So he's not going to say, well, I'll call you the day, and then tomorrow I'm going to not call you. No, because he says he's not a liar, and he doesn't change, and he's strong to keep you. So those three things about him keep us, don't they? He's faithful because he doesn't change. He's faithful because he's strong, and he doesn't lie to us. And he's going to get us to heaven. That's what it says there. He's going to make us so we get to heaven. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. All these verses are wonderful. They're just wonderful. And this again, this is another story about him calling us and getting us to heaven. Wonderful. Here we are. One thing. The very God of peace, I start at verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5, sanctify you or set you apart holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul and body will be preserved blameless 
until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said. And then what does he say? Faithful, hallelujah, is he that calleth you and also will do it. Because he's called you. He's faithful, he's called you, and he'll always also do it. See, when he called Moses, he was faithful to Moses, wasn't he? He, he told Moses, oh, you're going to take the, do this, 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 and this. And he, Moses almost had a, a, a heart attack. I can't speak, I can't do this, I can't do that. But God was faithful in calling him to do it. He was faithful to Gideon when he called him to do what he wanted him to do. Every person in the scripture, when God has called them to do something, he is always faithful to get them to do it. Remember, look at Jonah. He tried to, his desperateness to get away from what God called him to do. But the faithfulness of God was there because he said, I'll call you and I'll do it. He's faithful in the calling he's called you to do. He says he is. He's faithful. He's always faithful because he's called you. And he'll keep the calling right in your life. His faithfulness. <laughs> in Isaiah 40, 49 7. Doesn't that make you want to shout and sh- shout? Well, what, how faithful our God is towards us. This is, a, a, this is a prophecy about Jesus. His faithfulness to Jesus. Who came down. His faithfulness to rise him from the dead. His faithfulness to keep him. His faithfulness to keep us. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So where were we? 40. I've lost my place. 49.7 Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and his Holy One, to him who man despised, to him whom the nations abhor, to a servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes shall worship, because the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel and he shall choose thee. There's a choosing of God and God's always faithful because he's a Holy One and his faithfulness in choosing is always absolutely right because he was the one who chose he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't lie in our choice. So we can be really relaxed in God. doesn't mean to say we, we collapse and don't do anything because we have to push on and press on in God. But we can relax in that pushing on and getting to know God in our lives because he is completely and utterly faithful because he's chosen us. And you say, well, what happens if I become unfaithful? What happens if I don't make it? What happens if I suddenly think, I can't, I can't cope anymore? And you go and rush and hide under your duvet from life. We do that in all different ways. We, 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 we sometimes, got, it gets too much. And we say, no, I can't cope with this, Lord. And, or we make an excuse. This is too much. And you go some, you know, when God gets on our case about something. Yeah. And we, or we fail him. And we... We do things, we say, Lord, I thought I got over that. And I've done it again. I've been done it again. And you just told me, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing it. 
And within a couple of days, I've gone and done it again. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, we looked at before that we saw, does our unfaithfulness make God unfaithful? It doesn't. In that Romans bit we read, didn't we? He doesn't. In 2 Timothy 2, 13, So these things are linked in with those other things we looked at earlier, that he's, he doesn't change. 2 Timothy 2, 13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. That's wonderful. He can't deny himself. Because he's chosen you, because he doesn't change, because he's all-powerful, he can't deny that and change his way towards you. Because if we don't believe, he's always faithful. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says he's faithful when we're going for a tough time. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you wish you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. There we go. Isn't that wonderful? When we find we can't cope anymore, he says, my grace will come in and I'll carry you through. He will do it. He is faithful when we feel we can't be faithful anymore. He's faithful because it doesn't depend on us it depends on his choosing. Now we have to respond to him. There is a responding to him. But sometimes we feel, Lord, I can't even respond sometimes. I've come to the end of myself. Well, that's just where he wants you. Because then he comes in and helps us. Because he is always faithful to keep you. In 1 John 1, 9 it says, He is faithful and just to forgive us. When we fail... He always will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful in that. When we fail, he's faithful in forgiving us. Isn't that incredible? He's always faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He makes us righteous again. He's faithful to do that. Whatever you feel like, and sometimes you feel rotten when you've done, when you've up you know, you, you know you've done something you should never have done. Rotten because of the people you've done it to. Rotten because that they think, well, you know you're a Christian and you think, oh my goodness me, I've done this. I should never have done that. It's really not very good for the, as a witness to God. But he 
is always faithful to forgive us. He's always faithful. And we're not. In 2 Thessalonians 3, Verse 3, 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. He's talking about our dealing with people in the world that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But God is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He will keep you from evil. We don't know how many times God's kept us from evil, especially on the road. You look and you suddenly think, oh my goodness, I nearly went then. And you're going to pull out. And something, you stop. God is faithful to keep you. He always is. From evil. From the evil one. He will keep us from the evil one. Because he's faithful. It's not up to us to be faithful. It is up to us to be faithful. But he is faithful. So we can be faithful in the one who is faithful this morning. He will keep you. He will establish you. Because he's faithful. He says God is faithful. When we're not faithful, he is always faithful to us this morning. Because he says, if you ask anything according to my will, He's faithful to give it to us. There's so many things we could talk about, the faithfulness of God. We could be here all day talking about the faithfulness of God. But he is faithful who will establish you and keep you. So whatever you're going through this week, because he doesn't change, because he doesn't lie, and because he is all-powerful and he's called you, he will keep you. Because he will always keep you because he's faithful, even if we're not faithful at times. And every one of us has not been faithful. Not one has been faithful to God. But he is always faithful to us. He's really wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, for your great faithfulness this morning. Help us to see you in our situations. Not our, faith, our failure, but your faithfulness to keep us. Not our inabilities, but your ability to see how faithful you have been. Show us some scripture this week, how faithful you've been. And implant it in us, cause it to grow in a knowledge of your faithfulness to us as we go on this week, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.